0: welcome to weed week i'm alex Hopren,
1: and i'm Donnell alexander thank you for supporting us on patreon this is the bonus episode
0: for the month of may and today we have an interview with weed maps culture editor nicholas Juarez. nicholas came to my attention from an essay he wrote on the show
1: broad city that i thought was really insightful and very generationally um right you know i'm around young people for reasons i'd rather not get into here but he said something about bongs that i thought was particularly interesting he called them for old people and when i look at the numbers that are coming out about usage and the decline of flower in terms of popularity i think i don't know the young people smoking weed like i used to
0: yeah i mean i'm about to write a story for for the guardian on um the future of the bong. Or rather, does the bong have a future? Uh-huh. And you know it does. I mean.
1: <laughs> Don't tell me. I'm learning I can't call marijuana marijuana, and now bongs aren't going to be in my future. Do I even want to be in this movie?
0: I mean, it could go the way of, like, the tobacco pipe, right? <sighs>
1: Oh, the like corn shuck, Holmes pipe. Right? I don't think so. Bongs are very popular. I think they'll be marginal, but not that great. You were telling me about a channel devoted to weed. It made me think about like watching uh, video games be played.
0: Yeah. So there's there was on on YouTube for a while. There are these these folks who have YouTube videos, and I, I guess they call themselves influencers. And there's there was a community of cannabis folks, and their their videos are sort of Warholian in their their boringness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's such a uh, such a fine reference. I don't know if everyone's gonna but you're
1: not a lot happens, right?
0: They, they they just sort of sit there for like an hour and they um do what? You know, they'll like do a dab and then they will sort of talk about doing a dab and they're like, well maybe I'm gonna do another dab and then they'll like get out a different concentrate and like a different pipe and, and then they do that and, that's entertainment and you can just but i guess some people really dig it i don't know i think like
1: these shows are company for people you were talking about a shopper who's an influencer in the world i think people just like to be around them via video rather than in real life i think real life's
0: losing well it may be because you know now now it is some people don't have a lot of human contact right. it may be sort of a substitute for human contact
1: mm. well i i think nicolas suarez talks to people in the world. He's not an Instagram influencer. Or was it, is it called WeedTube, that
0: channel? Yes. So they were purged off YouTube, mm-hmm. and they, a community of them has, has recently relaunched as, as WeedTube. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that I, I don't think uh, Nicholas is that marginal a person. He's very engaging in the world. But I I do see a generational shift in cannabis, and I don't know if I like it, but it's not for me to say.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, here's Nicholas Juarez.
1: I got interested about your stuff when I read your essay about Broad City, when I put it in the newsletter. Yeah. How are you holding up with the end of Broad City?
2: I am really happy for those creators and that show. And I am really sad and upset for myself as a viewer. Like, I loved that show. Mm -hmm. Why did you write about it? When I first started writing about weed, uh, it was the first essay I wrote for... What weed Maps owned marijuana.com, which is kind of like a glorified blog. And the thing that I wanted to communicate was it's depicting weed unlike anything I'd seen before. It was not sensational. It was not really going for what I thought were like easy weed jokes. And it wasn't like just stereotypical stoner stuff. It was just kind of treating weed how I felt I'd seen my friends treat weed. You know, it was, hey, let's like, Maybe smoke a bowl before watching a movie or to kill time or we're bored, we're broke, uh, let's smoke weed and talk. It was so subtle and so nuanced that it really kind of just blew my mind and I hadn't seen anyone describe it that way. You'd seen like, look at these seven gifts of, you know, the best weed moments or look at this like scene of them ripping bongs with college students. You'd seen that and there's kind of like wacky weed stuff in Broad City as well. But they always kind of balanced it with just like the normal, everyday weed consumption, and I just thought that that was really cool and radical. Ohana,
0: Abby, we love you. <laughs> yeah. but, but but I haven't seen the latest the latest season, or maybe even the latest two seasons. Okay. So maybe can can you tell us a bit about their sure. th- like what happened? Just yeah. To ca- catch folks up. Maybe we should catch catch everybody up on what the show is. Good call.
2: Broad City is a show about two. New York women. It's and on Comedy Central. T- it's on Comedy Central.
1: It started on the internet. Like yeah, it was 10 a web series. Yeah. A web series for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Amy Poehler found it. I mm-hmm. won't let you finish.
2: Yeah, it's a show about two women who live in New York, and they're in their mid twenties uh, when the show starts, and by the time the show ends, one of the lead characters turns thirty, and it's just about struggling in New York. It's about Friendship. It's about you know soaking weed, being broke, and just uh, really surviving New York when you kind of don't have a clear path. You know they don't have a clear career trajectory. They don't have um, you know steady partners. They don't have, in some ways, in ways that <laughs> in parts of my life I felt really recognizable. They don't have a lot going on other than their friendship or, you know, the things that they like to do or the ideas that they have. Mm-hmm.
1: I think they come across as like uh, iconically millennial. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, not over the top, but very much so. So at the end, do they grow up? Do they mature? Do they? Yeah. Um, the – should we have a like a spoiler warning? Yeah. Uh, do I, they quit smoking weed? Oh, no. no, no, okay, <laughs> no. Okay, good. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. No, we, we don't want to no, sure. we don't want to spoil it for folks.
1: So, but you're you're young, right? I mean, how old are you? I'm 31. You're 31. Okay. Yeah. What spoke to you about their relationship, their mm-hmm. relationship to weed and comedy?
2: What I thought was brilliant about the show was that they weren't different from people I knew, but they were different from people I'd seen on television.
1: Mm. Do you feel like they did specific things for weed?
2: No. And I think that that's why it was great. I don't think they were going like, let's find a new way to portray weed. Let's find some joke that no one's told. I think they were kind of just being really honest and just kind of writing about weed and portraying weed in a way that they knew to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see portrayed that. It's unglamorous everyday thought, life shit.
1: I, I always thought that there are two young women in New York. They're not dealing with L.A. stuff, any mm-hmm. West Coast stuff. Mm-hmm. But you find this... um commonality with him I just felt like it was really special like we'll never have a time like this where that show could exist I don't mm-hmm. think it could have existed in the aughts and we'll be at this point in the mm-hmm. 20s where it'll feel a little dated mm-hmm. so I just really treasure it but I have to ask writing things for weed maps do people get this content on weed maps
2: that's a great question
1: yes I, I, was, I, was, I was with a girlfriend ordering yeah. this the other day <laughs> a couple weeks ago and I, t- I mentioned that i was on weed maps on weed maps mm-hmm. there's content on weed maps <laughs> yeah. i feel like that's like the universal reaction when you talk to people
2: about this when i met you guys when, when i first that? met alex this was at one of your guys' events i was like um i i'm writing for weed maps <laughs> news and you're like oh weed maps says news hmm. how's that going <laughs> and th- that's what everyone says uh yeah, we we do news now. We've done content uh, for about a year. Uh, we have this platform called Learn. It's just more educational. Just there's a dictionary, so just like weed terms. There's state laws and regulations. There's articles about the plant, and it's really informative. And you know, we talk to experts just so it's all accurate. But we our news platform is really new. It started in December, so not a lot of people know about it. And I think when you think about weed maps. That's not the first thing you think about is a place for uh, content, and probably uh, you don't think of it as a place for serious journalism. Well, Leafly,
0: who's your competitor, they they have a pretty serious sort of news shop. Definitely, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I mean, Leafly's been doing it for a couple of years now, and, you know, they they really filled this space where people wanted to know a lot about strains. Uh, People wanted to know about, I mean, a lot of just like, what's Blue Dream? And they did a really good job of that, of just like, you know, people want to know what this stuff is. And I think that also translated to a news section. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, I think, playing catch up. But it's also from two different point of views. I mean, uh, just geographically, there in Washington and, you know, we're down in Southern California. They're kind of different weed worlds.
1: There's this thing I've been saying repeatedly, that in an emerging industry, you don't have to be very good. And that's been Mm -hmm. really buoying me lately, Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like. I have a lot of <laughs> chances in life, knowing that. But do you find that to be like a? It's wide open
2: yeah. country, right? Yeah, I think that's changing. I think that that was probably the case for a long time, but I think that you do have to be good, or, or people want. I think a higher quality. I, I do think that people want a little bit more seriousness. I think people want stuff to be a little bit more measured. A little bit more round in the reporting. not, round. not just, Yeah. So it's just like, okay, let's say, like not just from the old culture perspective of just like, you know, smoking weed, but just like, okay, well, let's examine, you know, why people smoke weed or like what are the joys of smoking weed or also what are some of, you know, the pitfalls of overconsumption. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely celebrating the cultures, definitely celebrating and not being ashamed of the fact that weed is something that might be part of your life, but also I think examining it from as many angles as possible and as many angles as possible, like with a certain thoughtfulness.
1: Yeah. Do you know the, the David Cross routine about cannabis culture? No. Oh my God! If we could include that on the page, it'd be great. He's making fun of certain brands, but <laughs> I think it's sort of a dated idea—the stupidity of cannabis—because mm-hmm. I actually think we're getting a lot smarter mm-hmm. every year, every six months. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lampoonable stuff about the culture as we've known mm-hmm. the almost sexualized admiration of strains, and just you know, really jonesing for those buds and looking at grass mm-hmm. like it's a sex object or whatever but we're we're moving past that and i do think like having a culture thing is part of it what were we you yeah. gonna
2: say i mean do you know where that i don't want to pinpoint it exactly here but where i think it comes do you know where do you know where i think it comes from <laughs> um i mean the first issue of high times mm-hmm. was a spoof on playboy you know where the centerfold instead of women were was weed right and really? is that true i think that's true hmm. i believe that's true but even, I mean, you can look at high times, it's been around uh, for decades. That's not what they're all about now. You know what I mean? From issue one, but I mean, they've matured and grown up in a lot of ways too, you know? So I I do think that um, when you allude to like, you don't have to be good. uh, I I don't think, I think that might be true initially. I do think you have to be brave. You know, you have to be willing, you know, to take a risk. Mm. And I do think that, that deserves a lot of merit, you know?
1: Wait, no, when he says brave, what do you think he means?
0: Well, I mean, you know, you have to, are you brave? No, I don't
2: know. I'll
0: answer for you. Yeah,
2: definitely. I think oh, if you're going to take this stuff seriously, I think there's a certain, um, I think there's a certain bravery because people will, I mean, could take you not seriously. It's like, I write about weed, you know, on it, oh, yeah. on its head, people yeah. are just like, okay, well, good luck for that. Or like, what do you, you know, write articles on how to clean bongs? It's like you know, that's part of the mix. Some people do write that, but, but at the same time, there's a lot of, you know, serious issues and thought provoking discussions. It's, I mean, I'm sure on its head, it's like a Broad City essay about, you know, how they smoke weed. It just sounds like, well, what, what is there? You what know, what is there? Quality. Yeah. What is there? Actually, can I, if I can ask you a question, what was it about the article? That meant a lot to me. That was in the newsletter. Mm. I think you guys have one of the best newsletters. When I saw it, I, you know, that was a small victory for me. What was it about the essay that kind of uh, compelled you to include it?
1: Obviously, I it felt as though I knew that you were a smoker. I think when we look at a lot of tr- criticism, we have people who can't talk about their real relationship to it because the media outlets we were talking about this just. That you can't really talk about your pot use and maybe that's changing. I think it is. But I know critics. I, I used to be a critic, critics who would go to the theater high, but you would never say that in the L.A. Times. You would not say that. I mean, I'd say it in L.A. Weekly <laughs> <laughs> and I did. But um, and that, you know, it's been a problem for me because I've been openly smoking pot for uh, decades but yeah you can lose credibility and i felt like that was a piece where you were talking personally yet intelligently about a cultural phenomenon and um i i i'm always curious about my relationship to it why do i like the show so much i think it's well done and i like personal filmmaking but but i felt like they were fucking friends you know
2: yeah yeah i mean there's this other article that i read that i really liked um and that just is just like you know Alana and Abby are the losers we need in our life or the losers like we recognize and it's it is a a show where they're taking a lot of L's you know what I mean like she's in life they they really are but it um, it doesn't demonize them or blame them necessarily I think
1: Alana would take a lot of exception to you saying that she takes L's Mm -hmm. she wouldn't be calling those L's
2: right but which Alana (laughs) <laughs> what do you
1: mean? What does that mean? The
2: character Alana well, or the actress oh, Alana. Well, of you course know the character because, yeah. Yeah, but I mean like they uh, – what I really liked about the show too is, is that they took those L's early and they really grew and they really matured and they they were really challenged.
1: Oh, listen. I, I, I'm asking you all this stuff and I know you didn't come to weed from a very traditional background. Yeah. You're a literary guy. You studied – you know, yeah. What's your deal?
2: So uh, my background as far as what I studied is I went to a film school at Chapman University, which is in Orange. It's a small private school with a pretty good film program. And I went there and I studied uh, predominantly screenwriting. And I really came from this love of culture, love of media, love of film, television, but also Obviously, literature. Yeah, that, that that's where I started off.
1: Well, how would you get to Weed Maps? What's how do you get from point A to point C?
2: Well, the way that the film system worked is like did not suit uh, my personality or who I am, just like and I just had a really tough time. So, you know, to just survive, I you know I would blog a lot. I would uh, review you know music. I would uh, go to shows. I would review um, just like film. Just you know dinky blogs here and there. I would write web series for people. I would write uh, spec scripts, and I did that for a while until there was a um, my friend who worked at Weedmaps at the time. There was a gig to write product descriptions, and basically what Leafly was doing, there was room for like, well, we need to describe you know the strains and the products, and uh, that's where I came in, uh, just writing product descriptions in 2016. And once I got there, uh, you know I'd been a pretty casual smoker for most of. Uh, my adult life up until then, and then when I got into weed maps and really the world of weed, it was just it was just so interesting i mean that was only three years ago, but it was so different than even then i mean it just feels like the wild west it it just feels really exciting, and the world was just so interesting and complicated and unique that I really wanted to stick around what fits into the universe of culture and weed maps i I think that there's Kind of two really interesting things happening. There's like the old stoner culture, right? Of like, like the, and I hesitate to say old because it, it feels, you know, very current to, I think a lot of people have just, um, people who own bongs and who know how to roll a joint for, you know, and <laughs> That's, wait, this yeah. is old stoner culture. now. Well, I, I yeah. think. Uh, keep, please go on. I'm well, sorry. This is you know, and people who know how to roll a joint and who like to actually smoke weed and who, um, Tommy Chong is a person of note, And, uh, <laughs> but there's also this, this new consumer, you know, with legalization who some people don't like to, to smoke, don't like combustion. It's, it's uh, I don't know if you've heard it's not supposed to be good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, people prefer vape pens. people prefer edibles or drinks. Some people prefer CBD or you know the uh, coffee. That, and, and with that, there's this whole new guard of new products and technology and like your luxury cannabis brands. And I think that these two wide, broad areas of culture um, at times feel so far apart. And at times they rub up against each other, and at times they really clash in really um, interesting fraught ways. How, can you? What's a time you think you're thinking of when when they clash? I would say that Barney's opening um, high end on the fifth floor, the very top, tucked in the corner, with you know accessories that cost four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars. <laughs>
1: what what do you get for four thousand dollars at Barney's?
2: You can get... going to give me the weed. Yeah, not weed. <laughs> you get a necklace with a pot leaf at the very end. Uh, for, yeah, for a couple hundred dollars, you could get a case for your Bic lighter, which costs uh, nothing because people just steal Bics from each <laughs> other. You can buy a little holder for your Pax Era, the little top. That's a couple hundred dollars, and a Pax Era costs $30. I would say that that's a part where... I think any person who cares about weed culture is going to roll their eyes at the very least or at the most is going to feel that their culture or their interest or the thing that they care about is being appropriated for Mm. someone else. Yeah. Being gentrified.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's gentrification. That's like a really simple way of putting it. But don't you think—I mean, that 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 expression right there mm-hmm. is pure gentrification. Mm-hmm. But as we're moving away from the mm-hmm. combustion mm-hmm. and we're moving away from the mores and we're moving away from Tommy Chan, he's not going to be alive forever. Sure. Well, a lot of that's out of necessity. It's not mm-hmm. just, like, gentrification. It makes sense that people come up with their own ways, you know? I don't want to smoke pot like I used to. I right. want to consume THC like crazy. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to smoke, and I think it's inevitable.
2: Um I think the people who will die with their bong in their hand <laughs> I really understand that and the people who never want to smoke a joint because it, they don't want to do that to their health or they don't want to bother to learn how to roll a joint I think that's okay too you know I really do I think that there's a place for people in cannabis I think that's the whole idea of cannabis is that it could be really versatile and really helpful for a lot of different things that you might need in your life and to say that this is right and that is wrong i think is kind of goes against like the nature of it but i do think that all aspects of the culture feel legitimate and could rub up against and be fraught like i was saying
0: to some extent i feel like the the sort of the sec- the new culture the the health conscious no smoking culture to some degree has been sort of created by marketers who want to expand the universe of users because that's ultimately good for the industry. But this is America where, you know, God knows probably, you know, any sort of subculture has elements of that mm-hmm. in it right now and we can't totally reject it.
2: We can't reject it. I mean, we would, I mean, you know, that you can't just scream into the void. At some point, you know, and and but I do think that you do have to say something, or else um, then no one knows. You know, like I, I do think it's worth raising these issues and and trying to talk about them in a coherent, thoughtful way. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, you could go on uh, Instagram is the social media platform of choice for for weed. You go on, and and people will just argue all day long. You know about. CBD or weed strains or, you know, the proper way to roll a backwards blunt. But um, I think that at the heart of these debates and arguments, like there's a lot to consider and a lot to kind of think critically about, too.
1: Yeah, I I think we're always going to have smoking to a degree because there is this element of um, camaraderie with sharing a blunt or a spliff or a joint. That yeah, and the ritual of, I don't know, some people wake and bake that isn't really replaced i'm told by edibles yeah and so you know it's i I was thinking we were talking earlier i'm not gonna front and i was thinking as we were talking about a lot of these issues that the future is unwritten that joe strummer line kept coming back to me all through this conversation because we talk about how things are going to be and these big money people who want us to push us to beverages or whatever and it's pot you can't fucking plan it Mm -hmm. you know and uh, everyone who thinks they know God bless them, but they don't fucking know.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, weed, uh, the flower weed and, and joints, and they're not going anywhere. I mean, um, while that segment of the consumer base could seem like it's growing smaller, that's just because there's new consumers, you know, who don't want it. But, I mean, flower sales keep on rising, and that's because people keep buying. You know, there are people, but it just becomes a smaller segment of the market, which... Is okay as long as it never goes away, which it won't. You know, I think we're kind of all sitting here in agreement, saying that uh, there's kind of nothing to fear there as far as flowers not going away. Can not I ask time. you?
1: Can I ask a tough question? Sure. Yeah, you can do whatever you need to, but I'm going to ask. Um, do, do people come at you about the uh, the illegal dispensaries on Weed Maps? Not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> is that your
0: two sellable answer right there? It's just you're not. So just a little background is that Weedmaps allows unlicensed dispensaries to advertise in California, at least, and I guess probably in other states as well. Um, and that that pisses off a lot of people that are licensed, that went through the time and expense to get licenses, that they're being undersold by these other companies. So it's a controversy Weedmaps is embroiled in.
2: Yeah, it is. I, I'll say... Um, I'm not the person to talk to you about that as just like not a obviously spokesperson of Weed Maps, but um, that's such a hard conversation and it's such a nuanced conversation. And I, I do think the people who are upset, I think they have some valid points, but I, I don't think that that's the whole picture. You know, it, it's it's really complicated, it's really fraught, and I don't really look, I, I'm just a guy on the editorial side of things. So I, I don't really know all the depth of that conversation. Uh, um, and I think yeah.
1: you've done a really good job. Of recu- uh, that's actually more than I've heard anyone say about it. Yeah. Uh, you're on Weed Maps. Is that the best way for people to find you? You're on Twitter. I've seen you on Twitter.
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm Nick Juarez on Twitter. I You could find some of my writing on Weedmaps.com. Uh, There's a news section, um, but I'm the culture editor there, so um, my byline doesn't show up so much. But if you go to the culture and industry section, we have a lot of great uh, articles from a lot of great people from uh, Kieran Delmont up in Canada, uh, Michelle Lahook, uh, Lindsay Meharry, Susanna Weiss, I'm just plugging my people yeah, right well, now, but you say, know, they're great. It is a hidden jewel, <laughs> yeah.
1: Weed says, and I'm really glad you came through. Thanks a lot, man.
2: Yeah, thank you. That's our show for
0: today. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News or email us at hello at WeedWeek.net. Thank you again for being
1: part of our Patreon. And
0: remember, if you haven't already,
1: you can sign up for all three Weed Week newsletters, which are free, at WeedWeek.net.
0: I'm Alex Hoppern. And I'm Donnell Alexander. Our producer is Hannah Smith and Alicia Bayer wrote our theme music. Additional music is from the late great Andre Bush.
1: We'll catch you again here next
0: month. And next week.
1: And next week. Bye.
0: Bait up.